All right, let's go. We're going. It's happening. It's on. Come, butter, come. Come, butter, come. <laughs> Johnny standing by the gate, waiting for his butter cake. Come, butter, come. I think I've done that one before. I just need everyone to know it's from, um, it's referencing the UMass Amherst production of 1996 Vinegar Tom. <laughs> <laughs> that I was in like junior high for, but my sister performed in and she was amazing. And I would always learn like whatever play she was in because I would like help her run lines and shit. So I learned some, I learned some weird ones <clears throat> such as <clears throat> from the same play, Vinegar Tom. I met an old, old woman. She made my blood run cold. You don't stop wanting sex, she says, just because you're old. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so that was one I was singing in junior high. And yeah, you have to sing it like that because it has to be like, you're uncertain of the <laughs> person's, uh, you know, ability to... <laughs> <laughs> it's like Ethel Merman did a bunch of ketamine. Which could that just be on my headstone? <laughs> I mean, that might be the name of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Ethel Merman did a bunch of ketamine. There we are. So let's yeah. talk about um let's talk about some stuff, Ryan. Oof. First of all, I just want to say this. I told you so. <laughs> about what <laughs> fucking I am not shocked that there are middle-aged white women that are like brimming with uncertainty and hatred because these are the people that brought us fat hatred in the yoga classroom and, and me and the big girls and guys sitting in the corner are like yep <laughs> They hate us. <laughs> but who else do they hate, Ryan? Well, apparently this week, well, we should give some, we should give some context. I, I will, would you, do you have a uh, spontaneous? Um... I have a mouthful of chocolate. What do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you just had like a spontaneous poetic description of the podcast that was released on Monday on J okay. Brown Yoga Talks. Let me just swallow <clears throat> in musical form. <laughs> I just choked on my own spit. We once got a complaint. Do you remember? During when I was pregnant with Frankie and I was so sick. I just was like, I had terrible, terrible morning sickness all day long. So I would have to eat salty things to help like keep me from vomiting. I don't know why it worked, but I remember us being on <laughs> unrolled and I was like and we got some emails that were like, Kate, that's gross. And I was like, Well, it's either this or Kate's gonna yak. <laughs> so you choose. You pick your poison. There's other programs on the podcast. There's other podcasts in the world to listen to. You don't have to listen to me <laughs> eating. Although there are some people that tune in just for that. Yes, you know, absolutely. You, you know who you are, you, you kinky, kinky fucks. <laughs> God bless you. God bless you. Hashtag Patreon. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, 
We're gonna put on a show. Let's find some people with unsubstantiated claims. We're gonna put on a show with unsubstantiated angry ladies telling about things they're afraid of. But instead of looking in, they'll push their hate out. Instead of examining the hate, they'll push it out. There'll be a doula for hatred. Let's be natural. Multi-level marketing. It's the key. Once you... I got nothing. <laughs> oh, you that guys. was... That was... Uh... <laughs> Took it to the bridge. Yeah, seriously. That was... Um... It's scary, you it, know. It is. To let... It's scary time for... Okay. No, Lincoln. He's... Clearly a scary time for Lincoln. He did not like that. He did no, not whatever like that happened, vibe. he was not he was not a fan. I think that it's 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 people are being called to uh contend with really deeply rooted um fears that I don't even know that they know are fears. Yeah. So um on I will, I will put the link to the podcast that we are referring to in the show notes. Uh, I, I would warn you, um, you know, and as I uh, said to uh, Jay in my first email to him on Monday, quote, fuck, that was a tough way to start a week. Um, the, so it, if you are upon hearing this thinking oh let me hit pause and go listen to the thing just know it is not a pleasant listen it is not even a like this is mortifying i've got to keep going necessarily it it's tough especially if you are listening and you are queer or trans or just a human being <laughs> who cares about other folks um it's it's a tough listen um but essentially uh jay had a teacher named uh katyananda who uh had been on the show before for i don't remember what the topic was when she was on the show before um but basically spewed a bunch of really dangerous unsubstantiated um claims and stories about trans folks and about the uh how we are in some way a threat to her womanhood whatever that means um but to to at least give you some context as to where the uh interview apexed was a very emphatic peek at trans women are not women and this is the hill she was going to die on and um i do count jay as a friend um you know, we have obviously, I've been on the show a bunch of times, uh, uh, we've been on the show uh, together uh, uh, a couple years back. Um, 
and that in juxtaposition to the interview that he had with um, the, I'm blanking on his name in this moment, but the anesthesiologist who was sort of like teetering on some Q-adjacent themes, conspiracy theory stuff about COVID and all of that, which was the episode the week prior, it just... It just sucks because I'm sitting here in Somerville, Massachusetts with a group of friends and fellow practitioners who are totally supportive of me and my exploration of my own gender and identity and um, I think when I was running Bow Street, I did as good of a job as I possibly could have of making it a place where trans and gender nonconforming and queer generally human beings felt comfortable and safe to uh, experience this, this uh, practice and to explore this practice. And so sometimes I'm maybe lulled into a false sense of safety that the yoga world, the immediate small yoga world that I exist in is supportive and is caring and is um, thoughtful about these, these issues and The broader yoga world just just isn't. Um, well, it's just the same group of people that is deeply intolerant to people who are differently abled. Yes. Deeply intolerant to people that look <clears throat> different than them or in larger bodies. Uh, deeply defensive of their cultural appropriation. Yes. You know, the origins of of sort of this generation of practitioners are just like. No, 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 it's mine now. Now I share. Yeah. Okay, Donaghy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Can I, I, can I share? I, I have to share something because I really fucked up in college. Um, I don't know if I ever told you this, uh, but when I was in college, I was like on the leadership for the, um, what was it called? The Women's Action Group. And it was like a feminist organization on campus that um, I, I, I'm going to get a lot of hate mail for this, uh, saying this about the Midwest. But in my experience, the attitudes, the, the, the feminism I was experiencing in Iowa was very different than the feminism I was experiencing in Colorado or um the coasts mm -hmm. so i felt like they were like a couple beats behind they were like second waving it when everyone was third waving it kind of thing mm -hmm. so i already felt like a little bit of an extremist there um but there uh there was a trans woman in the group and 
Um, she was quiet and lovely, and I, I knew it took a lot of bravery for her to be there in Iowa uh, on campus. Um, and we had a competition for Take Back the Night, which is like a, a march on campuses about uh, rape. Mm-hmm. And so we were doing a fundraiser, and, and, and uh, we were designing a T-shirt to wear on the tape take back the night thing and uh yeah people presented their designs and um samantha the individual i'm referring to presented a design that was a picture of a very thin naked white woman with wings that was the teacher for the take back the night design she was like rising phoenix and I remember losing my shit <laughs> because it won. The t-shirt uh-huh. won the votes. And I, being who I am, I'm like, oh, okay, what? So, like, a sexy, like, skinny, naked, titted, like, blonde white lady rising out of the ashes. Those are the only people that get raped. Those, you know what I mean? It was perpetuating yeah. this idea of, like, anyways. My reaction had nothing to do with who Sam was. Mm-hmm. It had to do with the fucking t-shirt design. Yeah. But I got, I mean, all but like blacklisted for not jumping on board with Sam's design. And I felt like everybody was like, yeah, but you know, the fact that Sam's here at all is so meaningful. We should let her win. Like, just let her win. And I'm like, no. That's not, no. That's like, what? <laughs> Fuck that. Um, so I, but I, you know, I, I remember feeling angry at the whole situation and feeling like, like having thoughts of like, okay, so this is a group about, um you know women on campus and feminism and i just have to shut my mouth because sam's here Mm -hmm. and here's sam's teacher of what sam thinks womanhood is Mm -hmm. um and like when i look back on retrospect i i think i was right to be angry um i think i could have been more nuanced and skillful than i probably was but um, I find it interesting, and I think it's worth the conversation of talking to everybody about what we think being a woman is. Like, like what? What the fuck is it? <laughs> because I don't. I honestly don't know. It's you don't have to have certain genitalia to be a woman. Like, that's not it. You know, that's not it. And it's also not just like being fuckable (laughs) it's not this like idea of being fuckable in a certain way with tits and a a hip to waist ratio that makes you it's not being demure it's not like 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 let's just cut the shit for a second and talk about like what are we fucking talking about what are we fucking talking about and once we have that conversation the answer is doesn't fucking matter are you hurting anyone no great go do be (laughs) express live yeah well and that's that's i think what the what is often missing in these discussions that um, 
you know, fall under the category of turf trans-exclusionary exclusionary radical feminism, which Bez asked me the other day, it's like, what is it? Is it is it TARF? Is it trans-aggressive racial fascism? I was like, no, it's not that, but maybe it should be. <laughs> maybe you've created a new, new thing. <laughs> but it is actually TARF, trans-exclusionary radical feminism. Um, what's often missing is the fact that there have been trans people much longer than there have has been medicalization of transness. And medical transition is important and life-saving. And it is not this, they kept referring to it as a sex change, which is generally not how it's referred to. Some people like to refer to it that way. And I wouldn't want to. Is take it mostly the Orientals, Ryan? Is it the Orientals <laughs> that? Ref Good God! No, I mean I know there are some people in the community that 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 refer to their transition as a as a sex change, and like I have no problem with. I have no problem with that, but from a everything that I, the way that I think about transition, the way that I think about specifically medical transition, is that it is gender affirming care that can range from any number of things that as small as popping a pill to taking a shot to certain surgeries but it is not care that is so accessible that there could be this rash of humans getting, you know, the way the podcast made it sound is there's like people, hundreds of thousands of people getting top surgery every day. Like, no, that is not, that is not the case. And there were no studies cited. There were, there, there, there is absolutely a fair conversation to have about, is there an over-medicalization of transness? There is a fair conversation to be had about that. But two straight sit. I'm sorry, she said she's bi. <laughs> oh, I saw that eye roll. <laughs> two, like she may be bi. She may like a variety of different genders, but uh, I would not welcome her into my community as a queer person at this point. So let's just be clear about that. But definitely two cisgendered white people speaking about what a person or what a, in some cases what a family chooses to do to support someone having a difficult time and if someone is having you know as someone who is non-binary, as someone who identifies as trans, like I do want every option to be available to me. Everything from just dressing the way that I want to dress to surgeries, if if I felt like that was 
important to me. Um, but those nuances of like how we language it, or is there too much of a push towards over medicalization, or is there not enough access to medical care, or and and how those are different for some people and different for some um, uh, in different parts of the country and in different socioeconomic um, uh, spheres and for different uh, for people who are white versus for people who who are black or people of color. Um, like those are conversations that we can have within our community and effectively advocate for. And in no way does it in no way does it negate the experience of what it means to be a woman, whatever that means to a particular person. It, it just doesn't. And I don't know of any trans woman, trans feminine person, trans masculine person, trans man who would say that their experience is exactly the same as a cisgendered person. Nobody's saying that. And, and then you, you put this on a yoga podcast. And it just propagates the same shit that made me so fucking terrified to come out again in the first place. And and I don't, you know, I don't know what this, there seems to be this real fear of being canceled. And I know that there's, there's people who have had a, like a real experience of that. You know, I don't wish Jay or Kachi any harm or that their careers be decimated by this. But I do think that there is certainly an, an actual genuine apology and not one, there's a pattern that happens on Jay's podcast of, yeah, I overstepped the line, but I was right about this thing. No, none of that. It's gotta be an actual apology. It's gotta be an actual apology and having one trans person on is not the solution. It's gotta be an actual apology and he's gotta, and I don't, I have no hope for Kachi to be perfectly honest. She said it was the hill that she was gonna die on. So I just trust that, you know, people tell you who they are, you trust that. Um, uh, but he, he's, and, and I forget the, there, sorry, let me look this up. Cause it was a really, it was a, it was a good, it was a good uh, post that was going around um, um, from, um, Tristan Katz on Instagram. Um, there was a public statement that, that they made. Just 
you know, I'm trying to get to the right point in the slide. They're asking for Jay to own the responsibility of having the platform he has to remove the episode, public apology for the harm that's caused, to attend LGBTQIA inclusion trainings, to promote LGBTQIA trainings on the podcast, and to invite trans and non-binary guests onto the show to have an accurate and affirming conversation on the on the topic. That is that is not that is not a um, that is not canceling. That is a clear ask. And it's possible that some people will no longer patronize Jay because of that episode. It's possible, but that doesn't mean he's getting canceled. And, you know, this... The other two things that were brought up on the on the podcast that I just want to bring up is this fear mongering around detransitioning. There are people out there who have detransitioned and and who have had a, um, I think what they would describe as a traumatic experience of going through medical transition, regretting it, and you know, reversing those changes as best they could. Um, that's their experience. However, it is being used by right-wing libertarian people as a fear-mongering tactic that like plenty, plenty of people choose gender-affirming care, especially in the realm of hormones and decide that wasn't for me or you know what i'm going to stop right now or i need to stop right now because i want to have a child or like there's any number of reasons to stop or maybe i'm not really identifying it it's because it's gender affirming care it is meant to help with the overall mental emotional um physical and i would say spiritual well-being of the human being and if that means, as I did, went on blockers and estrogen and decided that, you know what, in the middle of a pandemic, not the right time. Let me back off of that for a second and reassess. It doesn't mean that I detransition. It doesn't mean that I was tricked into transitioning. It doesn't mean that I like, it doesn't mean any of those things. It means that there was a reality. I took something just like with any other fucking pill that you would take <laughs> and and decided that you know what I don't know that in the midst of all of this isolation without a support group that's like physically present that this is the time to engage in that step and it was a difficult choice it was a weird choice I didn't really know what to like make of it but it, it did not change my feeling of who I am and it wasn't even that I went completely off it was more that I went off the estrogen for a while and and just took a blocker um so like this what people do to, to transition is none of your business 
none of anybody's business. And I'm always willing to share because I, I am, but like some people aren't and that's fine as well. Um, but the, the, the fear mongering around regret in the transition, which don't really play out in the studies. And most of the people who stop transitioning, um, at least in, in the few studies that, that I have seen, um, if you unpack those folks, most of them stopped transitioning because they felt that they were non-binary. And they didn't, that they were grateful that they went on. They didn't regret taking the steps they did. They just decided that, you know what, like, I actually don't, this, this isn't as helpful as I thought it would be. And I just want to choose something else, right? Um, so this is about people's well-being. It is not about a group of people trying to take away your womanhood. Though, I do think that all cis people should have to go through the same grappling with their fucking gender that... <laughs> trans people do because i think it is a valuable thing to to we just it is just a little bit more um in the forefront of our experience so that's why we have to grapple with it but like we're all living in the same oppressive gender fucking bullshit yeah i mean i the feminism i am interested in is one that is humanist you know like it it's the idea that women by choice and women by birth are equal to men that's it yeah for me just treat just treat people equally they are not less than and i you know my hope is that for uh, people who transition, that they take up the arms of feminism, you know, and push back against toxic beauty standards and embrace, you know, intersectionality. Like, I think... Uh, there is a lot of representation of trans women as hyper-sexualized and hyper-hyper-feminine presenting. Like, um, what I wish is that there were more people uh, on the spectrum of gender performance <laughs> across <laughs> the board, you know? Because ultimately, I guess I see all, I see, you know, I see my womanhood as performance yeah and this might tell you something more about my sexuality than i even know but like i <laughs> i genuinely even as a little girl i just was like okay i guess i'm gonna wear this fucking dress um but it never caused me enough distress and if it had caused me more distress i would hope that i was surrounded by people that supported me getting out of distress whatever that looks like yeah but i do know that it is always helpful to see a larger range of people making different choices and living yeah. their lives fully and welly. And there isn't just, there isn't just one way to be a trans woman. There isn't just, 
Like, yeah. okay, now you look like a Kardashian, you're a woman. Yeah. You're only a woman if you look like a Kardashian. Do you, do you yeah. know what I mean? Well, so and, I and think so that sometimes of, I struggle with that. That's yeah. the piece. I'm like, I'm like, what are you really transitioning to? Yeah. Is, it, is it, what is it? Yes. Well, and that's the thing. That's why even the term transition is one that I wish we could get away from. And if someone comes up with a better way to please, please, please let me know. Because I feel like so much of the work is actually internal like the internal work of being like oh like why am I carrying this like fucking manhood around like I don't fucking need that and that was emotional, like a much more so, like the the changes in the way that I express in the world wouldn't have been able to happen had I not gone through the process of being like, no, why do I, I don't, I don't, I don't, this was something that was, uh, imposed upon me and it, and it's never going to go away there are always going to be situations where i'm perceived as a man i don't care how much you know and, and that that's that's often where where i start to grapple with with things that are that are are difficult it's like yes there are always going to be situations in which i'm perceived as a man 100 percent, and um that is not my understanding of my own being. And I don't think holding that understanding of my own being is really a threat to anybody else. Um, and because there are so many different descriptions and expressions and understandings of what it means to be non-binary and what it means and that's where some of the language gets quote-unquote difficult as people like to say it's because people have different experiences and we these experiences have always existed it's just that we're now figuring out the language that that uh is there to express it and it will continue to evolve but the fundamental experience doesn't change even as the um language which is always evolving um continues to shift and evolve and if you're getting hung up on it, the the thought that the language is what's tripping you up is just fucking bullshit it's not the language you're scared of what that not I'm, the the, <laughs> the reason why people have a difficulty with the language is because they're terrified about what my gender means about their gender they're terrified about what someone existing in the world having shed or is in the continual shedding of the bullshit of of gender norms means for their feeling of how the world is supposed to unfold And it's really just that simple. Because otherwise it would be a conversation of, oh, this person 
you know, I don't know of a single person myself or otherwise who I've seen begin to express their gender differently who that where that hasn't also come with a like just a visible feeling of oh my god that person is so much happier like it's just so clear and so if it were actually a conversation about care and understanding then that would be the center of it and there wouldn't be so much um Well, are they really this or are they really that? Or is that what words do I use and what they No. The center of the conversation needs to be that this is a this is a community that this is a group of people that has always existed and that continues to be marginalized and the intersections of the people in the in the trans community who also are uh are black indigenous people of color like it, it only extrapolates the 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 potential for danger that exists for just them like I'm really lucky. I live in Somerville, and yes, yeah, sometimes I do walk down the street in a dress and get really like nasty comments hurled at me, but I never feel unsafe, knock on wood. But if I lived in another place, if I wasn't white, I, I believe that would be very different. And know that would be very different. It wouldn't just be insults, it would be like mortal danger. Yes. So that's the focus of the conversation is and and then you and then you put out the other things like you put out this podcast when there are something like a hundred i forget the number bills currently in state legislatures trying to take trans people's rights away and then it's supposed to be a podcast about practice like do you remember early in the days of the J. Brown podcast where it was like, let's have Amy Matthews on to talk about the definition of alignment. Like, <laughs> or like, let's talk about the realities of owning a yoga center. Or like it was, it was about, it was about yoga. Nothing about this was yoga themed. Nothing about this was supportive of practice. No, but it was revealing. It was certainly revealing. And so that is that is about the practice then. That is revealing. It just revealed things about the practice that, like, are opportunities, you know, for uh, growth and improvement. And, uh, you know, it, one of the things I think about is, uh, like, Rachel Dolezal and <laughs> the dysphoria that she felt. She felt she was not a white woman. Um, you know, and this is interesting because there's also that line of pathologizing um, individuals who don't feel that their outsides rep yeah. represent their insides. There's stuff in the DSM v4 about this. Yeah. Um, not that that means anything because there's some weird shit in the DSM v4 to be clear. <laughs> um, but I think about that as like, 
oh, okay, so she performed a race. And she did so capitalizing, making money off of the lie that she had been born black. Mm-hmm. And there are people that make the argument, how is it different that somebody who was assigned male at birth goes on to perform being um, a woman? And, and, you know, my answer to that is... Um, If somebody wants to do that and wants to step in the shoes of the most at-risk community, most likely to be assaulted, commit suicide, be murdered, like, that is somebody that is committed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, anybody who is like, I'm, I am, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a woman. I am going to step in that direction. I say, fuck yeah, we need you. <laughs> Do so in a way where you love yourself and that yeah. you come in and love all of us too. And then let's all move forward together and not get killed yes. by people that are intolerant. Yeah. That's my answer to the, to the performance thing. Okay, that's a risky one. And it is a performance. It's a performance yeah. for fucking everyone. And I, I don't believe yeah. for one second you come out of the womb with a womb and like put on a Gucci purse. I'm watching it right now with... Um, my daughter and I'm watching it with her friends the three to five year old set and I make a lot of effort not to put princess shit in front of her but and she's not she's not in daycare right now so she's not around a bunch of other little girls and yet somehow the message about pink and princessy shit yeah. Le- leaked in. Now it's mitigated in my household. There isn't much of it. I've been in households worth everything everywhere. And I I think about what that you know, when she hits adolescence and maybe she decides that you know, she doesn't want to perform princess anymore. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want it to be hard. Yeah. I imagine I, that Frankie is going to be uh, Daria. oh yeah that would be cool i mean i tried to give frankie a name that would be flexible (laughs) i i look at children in each generation uh, you know like this generation i talk to my nieces and nephews they're in their early teens and preteens and they're talking about how all of their peers they're like yeah like half the class is saying that they're non-binary and and half the class is like uh identifying as trans and and like i'm like well isn't that good and they're like some of them are faking it and i'm like what does that mean do you know how doing many... it for attention well what does that mean do you know how many people fake being straight in high school oh god it's like your job <laughs> yeah it's like i go every every time i go back home and i see another like kid from high school that I knew that was you know trying to be some like butch jock is now on grinder and like has a boyfriend and you know it, it's just like 
people it, it's okay for people to to grapple with with who they are and to yes. discover things and then to decide try actually, things on there's no threat there no i wore some weird outfits Same. i made some weird choices <laughs> You know, and like, that's the beauty of, of like, if you grow up and the fact that kids, you know, whether or not it's like a trend or it's trendy or cool, it doesn't matter. The fact that it can even be trendy or cool makes space yes, for people to do that at a younger age. And I think that's fucking great. Yeah. I think it's great. Um. And who is anyone on the outside to say they're faking it? How do you know? You're not in. You're not part of yeah. their internal life. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing that there was this really, you know, so much of of what happened on that podcast was like there was self contradiction happening throughout. It was like so trans people are threatening womanhood, and then at one point she very br briefly mentions, uh, I think it was a politician in the UK, who as she described, was gender non-conforming, I think. But clearly this was a trans woman, but who also had facial hair. And then Kachi goes, but I won't even call her she because, like, she's not even trying. Well, has she not met any women with fucking PCOS? <laughs> like, it is just like, no, 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 no. You can't have it both ways. You can't claim to be supportive of trans and non-binary folks and then police someone based on these antiquated colonial beauty standards like you can't you can't do both things in the same breath and then say that she, this that that she doesn't deserve the pronouns that she's that she uses because she has facial hair so you're gonna go around and tell every woman with facial hair that they're not even trying and, and what about they, leg hair oh shit. seriously like there it, it's so when you start picking it apart it's just like there's no there there it's, it's like it and and there's this constant notion of like and and the other thing that was really disturbing in there is that this idea that we are attracted to genitalia <laughs> which is like no no, no. i'm not i didn't i don't no <laughs> i am not like attracted to penises versus vaginas like i'm attracted to people and well yes when i was younger there was a clear lean towards being attracted to masculine identified folks but as I get older, like, that only continues to broaden. And it's not like, when I have been with people of various genders other than uh, man, um, other than men, um, that like, the attraction is just shut off somehow like that's not how the, that's not how attraction works like the, the sexual attraction is a very complex like it's not like one other both like that's just not fucking how it works and if you pay attention to your own experience like you'll realize pretty quickly that that's the case and it 
it just infuriates me that like that this is the conversation that we have to have on this Friday for our 150th episode. Hundred and fifty. Reminding people we're allowed to be. <laughs> Seriously. And and um and I just and I know so many people, particularly um I know so many people particularly uh in who struggle with dysphoria in relation to their yoga practice. Like a, their, that it, within the context of their yoga practice that uh, dysphoria arises. Um, that is not necessarily my, certainly I, I have had that experience, but it's not, a, it's not a regular experience for me. Dysphoria arises when I am nowhere near my mat. Um, and to see these little like glimmers of of more trans pe people starting to be yoga teachers and like there's the trans yoga project and and um uh just like the trans and non-binary teachers are are increasingly more visible and then you have someone who whether he likes to think about it or not has one of the biggest platforms, I would guess, of many of the yoga teachers of his generation coming out with this. It's just like, it feels like a slap in the face is what it feels like. Um, and- uh, I think it feels a little intellectually lazy. Well, it feels like that you know, too. <laughs> like for me, it's like okay. Um, I think Jay is a good human. I think Jay yeah. is smart and funny. Um, and has a great tattoo. I I think Jay's great. I do think that there is something that happens sometimes, and I'm guilty of it. I think everybody has pockets of it of like myopia or intentional and willful ignorance yeah and jay doesn't have that in many areas but but jay it seemed to me in this one it seemed it seemed to rear its head and um i think we all have the potential for compassion fatigue because right now there is an absolute avalanche of and i hate to say this it's gonna sound like a thing there's like an awakening happening, you know, I mean, if we're going to look at the stars and like the lavender oils and if Mercury aligns with the crystal in my asshole right now, <laughs> we all know the ascension is nigh. I'm not talking about that, but there really is like a like, a, you know, for I think for Gen uh, for Gen X and for boomers, there is like a there is like, a, oh, shit, y'all are serious. <laughs> Yeah, we can't. We got to work on our racism and our classism and our ableism and our sexism and then our all of our realism. 
And this isn't about a, you know, a, an identity, the cult of identity. It's not about that. It's about finally waking up to just how insidiously cruel humans can be to each other. Yeah. Just cruelty, just cruelty, willful cruelty. And I think that um, this was an area of um, maybe just not thinking it through. Yeah. Thinking it would be an interesting devil's advocate con con conversation, you know, because those are fun. I love a good devil's advocate conversation. But you don't want to have a devil's advocate conversation when you have your foot on the throat of the people you're talking about. When those people are already trying to, like, survive. Yes. So I, I all I know is that I, I know what it's like to feel unworthy of being in a room, not welcome in a room. I know what it's like to feel unlovable and untouchable because of how my body looks. And I wouldn't wish that on anyone. And um, if we could all just get our fucking heads out of other people's pants, enjoy ourselves, take care of ourselves and each other, and be artists of expression, what does it fucking matter? What does it fucking yeah. matter to your yoga practice? Well, and that's and, your and non binary Advaita <laughs> fucking Vedanta. <sighs> Oh my God, I didn't even, I didn't even go there. I didn't even fucking go there. Oh my God, Kate, you just blew my mind. <laughs> radical non-dualism. Where's your fucking radical non-dualism now? That's the title of this fucking episode. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, it's not Ethel Merman took ketamine. It's where's your fucking rat? <laughs> I think we might need a running list of possible titles. <laughs> we'll just add them to the notes. Um, God, I didn't even. Whoa, Kate, you just blew my mind. <laughs> you just blew my mind. Um, I, you know, I just. Um, like, and, and here's the thing, because because th this. This conversation I'm in is something that, you know, I, I've been emailing back and forth with Jay all week. So, like, the reason why, for me anyway, I'll just speak from my own experience, that being misgendered which includes by the way the statements that she was that kachi was making on the podcast of saying that trans men are women and trans women are men are males and females i think was the phrase the the words that she used like that is in and of itself a misgendering because as much as people try to like so they're completely intertwined because when someone is born with a certain set of observable characteristics, we label them female, which is the equivalent of saying that now everything that's expected from them is, is this arbitrary idea of womanhood, right? So like that is also included within this more than pronouns, not more than, it, as well as pronouns and, and 
honorifics and and all of that, right? Like that that's all all there. The reason why it there there are two reasons why it suck sucks for me. One is I could be having a fabulous time, just really enjoying life, <laughs> feeling very affirmed in who I am. And then not every time, but sometimes, if someone misgenders me, it's like, oh, down the rabbit hole, here we go. And there's this like spiral, and I know how to pull myself out of it. But it's like a, it's a fucking process, okay? Like I've got to be like, okay, Ryan, here we go. <laughs> this is this is an observable pattern in experience that you know there's going to be a slight decline down a spiral staircase of anxiety and depression. Well, the anxiety comes first, um, and then the depression follows quickly behind. It's like four or five steps down the spiral staircase, and then the spiral staircase becomes some sort of Rube Goldberg-like straw in which I defy gravity to walk myself back around to being fully affirmed again and back out the other end where I can be like, okay, that was that was a trip and I'm back now. Like, <laughs> that is how I would describe it. But the shorthand of it is like, all of the work that you do, which isn't necessarily visible to other people to show up as you are, as a full fucking human being, is just feels negated in that moment. And yes, 90% of the time, am I able to just shrug it off? Yeah, of course. Is it easier to do when it's some passing interaction on the street with people that I don't know than it is with people that I do know? Uh, maybe, but it just, it's just another moment of not feeling, not feeling seen. Could I liken this to people asking if I'm pregnant when I'm not? <laughs> I don't know if you can, but no. you could also complain about that. <laughs> well, it's somebody looking at you and, and being like, I know what you did last time. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I used to get, I got, I got surred a lot when I had short hair because of my height. Yeah. I think I always experienced it as kind of like once in a while it would be upsetting. And then once in a while I'd be like, cool. Um, to be fair, I also have that cool moment when people misjudged me the other way. <laughs> I was have that like, I feel pretty good about myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, and it's, so it's just like, it's such a small thing that becomes such a, it, it can, it has the risk of becoming like conversations about trans folks can veer off in many, many horrible different directions, especially when you're talking with cisgender humans, but it seems like the the pronoun difficulty, quote unquote, is the new, what would have 10 years ago been the like Katie Kirk asking about what surgeries Laverne Cox had and having to be like shut down for that. Um, like 
it's like it's either becomes a conversation that is a medicalized conversation or it becomes a grammar conversation um and so trans people have to be like experts at teaching people that the study of linguistics which is actually the thing that's important is not a, a study of fixed grammar rules and then we also have to become endocrinologists and we also have to become <laughs> like psychologists like it's just like you you have to have all of these and social workers and social and you just gotta and like non-violent communicators exactly and it's just like Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. No, you know what? You you bring up something that is su- that is uh that sparks my interest, and that's the grammar fascists, just in general. Yeah. I wonder in the Venn diagram of things how many of them are really struggling with <laughs> pronouns. Like yeah. I am I I bristle and and get vomitous in my mouth when people share memes that are like here's why grammar matters you know and it'll be like making fun of people who misuse your or their yeah and um i just i think it's pretty gross and petty um people who are uh see language as fixed yeah because if there's one thing we know it's that uh style fashion language meaning evolves yes it evolves generation to generation it is so fluid (coughs) excuse me that i am just so deeply suspicious of people that believe that there's like um this singularity of thought they're often the same people that are like this is why alignment (laughs) (laughs) tell me again where to put my foot (laughs) tell me Tell me again. Um, tell me again who's allowed. Um, who's allowed to teach? Yeah. So I, there is, there absolutely has to be a correlation with linguistic rigidity, and essentialism, and uh, people struggling with uh, gender, gen, uh, using correct pronouns. Yeah, I mean it's just the whole thing. Just I've been, uh, I've been in a riled state since Monday. Um, and I, I, uh, I'm also at the point where I'm like mad at myself for still being riled because <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> um, but, uh, it was just disappointing. Um, But I thought that we would, uh, um, oh, I lost my list of, I was going to provide some resources for folks if they would like. Um, Oh, now I forgot my password. (laughs) Okay, we'll put them in the show notes. But uh, there is a um, wonderful performance artist, uh, trans non-binary um, uh, writer named uh, Alok, and they have gone through over the course of the pandemic doing an exhaustive Goodreads list of everything from, you know, uh, gender and colonialism, uh, you know, the history of, of queer people, you know, like all, all sorts of, it's over 600 
subtitles in there, and then they're also like sub broken out by by subtopic. So if you're looking for things to read on the topic, that is a fantastic resource. Um, is there a book in there about how some cultures have like seven genders? Yes, there. Yes, there are are many books that that cover that. There are also a lot of really interesting books on the development of this modern understanding of um, sex and sex characteristics um, uh, and the sort of uh, misogynistic um, nature of those those developments um, uh, which I have I have ordered uh, some of those because they sound very very interesting to read um, there is a Instagram um, well, so I think they have a website as well, but I follow them through Instagram uh, called Trans Yoga Project. Um, and uh, they have a bunch of resources on their site, including like free, um, I think still free, free classes I was looking at. Um, the other day, they also have a podcast um, uh, that you can listen to. And um, I think you know I, I I have been offered you know I, I initially said to Jay that I would come on his podcast and and speak I, I really don't know if I want to do that um I, I really don't know um so this may be the kind of last word on the topic of that specific incident uh, for me anyway, but it certainly is not the last word uh, in terms of speaking out about this because this is also like a wake up call for me. Like uh, I get, very nervous about claiming my um, identity and not feeling trans enough, not feeling non-binary enough, not feeling X enough. You know, that is that is something that I that I grapple with. So I often choose to be uh, maybe overly cautious in speaking out um and if there is one good thing that came from the podcast on monday it's like uh well shit we got some some work to do um, you're needed in the backyard ryan <laughs> <laughs> the neighbors are fighting again <laughs> Throws on their robe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we were done with this. <laughs> also, uh, maybe next episode we can go after the Yoga is Dead podcast with something on Facebook that wanted me. That basically was like, "Hey, Kate, peel off your skin, peel it off, and set it on fire." <laughs> okay. So, um, we'll pivot the cannons next week. Uh, yes, as we tend to do. Um, 
and you know as always i know people have been um messaging on um instagram and uh um and so I've been uh, sort of appreciative of, of that, not sort of, I have been appreciative of those interactions. And um, fuck, what a week. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I had a whole other list in a document, um, but I'm locked out of that document because I can't remember my password. So I will be sure to put that in the show notes for people to, um, I will actually do show notes this time, I promise folks. <laughs> it's time to go rest and gather some strength because uh, there's, there's more work to do. Indeed. Um, well, happy 150th episode, Kate. Happy 150th. That's fucking nuts. That's really cool. Yeah, it is very cool. And more to come. Dear God. How many times? It's really been nice for the last couple of months. You haven't tried to you haven't tried to take us off the air. <laughs> <laughs> the first first three years of Unrolled, it was like, Kate, this is a good run. Let's let's call this weekend the last one. And I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-mm, mm-mm, no, no, no. We are gonna record from the fucking grave. <laughs> yes, we will. We will be the Muppets in the balcony in hell. <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> swallow I, I swallow took, i took an ill-timed sip of coffee i'm ready now bye, bye. bye. <laughs> oh god it's over